The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tongue. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tongue. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tongue. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And today I am absolutely delighted to welcome to the show Patrice Chaplin, who has recently published a book called City of Secrets, One Woman's True Life Journey to the Heart of the Grail Legend. Patrice, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter. I'm glad to be on it. Oh, wonderful. So, Patrice Chaplin, uh, related to Charlie Chaplin, a daughter-in-law, uh, what was Charlie Chaplin like? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, well, yeah, he was beyond words, really. Um, he was absolutely unique. And um, he had a, I think he had another dimension to him, most definitely. And I don't know... Sometimes how he got those amazing visual, that visual presence and resonance that he got, you know, it must be coming from, I think, it, I don't know, it came from maybe another plane. We would think, no, I don't know. He certainly had a, a unique gift uh, in a unique time, didn't he, in terms of the timing yeah. being absolutely perfect for who he was. Yes, that's right. Now, you were also sort of part of what's called the bohemian scene of the 50s and 60s. Tell us a bit about that. Well, um, I mean, it was a, pl- a place and a time where you could meet people just off the street like Jean Genet or uh, Simone de Beauvoir, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, Sidney Bechet, the jazz musician, um, uh, the movie stars of the time. I mean, it was kind of a collective of ideas rather than a status ladder. So it was a very, very alive, and it was very in the moment, and it followed after the Second World War. So it was a time of freedom and celebrating that freedom. It was absolutely beautiful, and nothing afterwards really compares with it, as far as I can see. So it's a very special time in your life, for sure. In mine and many others, and I think people who who did have that experience, it was like a, it was really a you know an awakening to a life that 
Well, um, to some degree, before the, the Second World War, I mean, there were certainly clubs and a lot of style, music and all, all that. But this was sort of going to the edge. I mean, some people went over the edge, which wasn't too smart. But, you know, I mean, it was, it was kind of a wild time in every sense, but not at the same time dangerous in the way I would say it could be today. Yeah. So your your book, City of Secrets, is based on the city of Girona in Spain. What took you there in the first place? Well, leaving where I was in London and the suburb of London, it would show it was, well, that was a great place. And I didn't as much leave it as go towards something more exciting. I went with my friend Beryl. We were 15. Uh, we'd got passports because I persuaded my father that we wanted to do a, uh, um, what were we going we were going to do a language course in Paris because he wanted to be secretaries. I mean, I don't think he believed it for a minute. But anyway, we, we did get away and we hit the road and it was absolutely marvelous. We just had these rucksacks and this bohemian um, style, these hoop earrings and these black, uh, Drainpipe trousers, the Roman rope sandals. It was the kind of uh, uniform of a free, if you like. And we just we went from that place and hitchhiked um, to Paris. And then we, we, I think we had about nine pounds, which was I don't know what the equivalent is today. I mean, maybe it's about thirty pounds. But um, anyway, we went um, to Paris and we had jobs, odd jobs here and there. We used to dance all the time because we loved dancing and people used to come and watch us and they would throw money. But it wasn't about getting money. It was about the joy of doing this, uh, this, this these marvelous dances and the people we met in Paris, which were, it was quite hard sometimes, but they were, they were incredible. Um, and, and they were very, and they had their own style, they had their own beliefs and it was mainly about being allowed to have that, you know, and we got a lift. Um, we, we didn't know where we were going. I wanted to go to Hollywood. I wanted to be a movie star. She wanted to go to, Beryl wanted to go to Bohemia to be a Bohemian. And anyway, we were, we just hitched and we, we took off. And um, it was literally taking the next uh, journey that came. We didn't plan it. We just did it in the moment. And we went uh, and we got filled with three guys. One of them was a quite well-known lady became a well-known French movie star. Anyway, we got this lift and we and we woke up in Spain. And and then there was a, a little problem at the frontier because um, they were they were not doing they were doing something political and moving guns or money or something. So there was a few uh, dangerous moments and we ran away. So we we ended up alone. In Girona, we got we hitched another vehicle, and we we ended up in Girona. And I thought this is the place where I I, I should have been born. You know, this it, it was sort of waiting for me. This was it. I'd just been born. So, in so you were actually at some level guided there from from a higher a plane of existence because oh, you had so. yeah, people very important connection there. Yeah, 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 definitely, absolutely. So tell, mean, us, tell us about Girona and what you discovered there. Um, well, the first thing I, I remember, I, I sort of remember because I, I arrived on the 
there's a river that flows through the middle of Girona. It's, it's, some people say it's like Florence, um, but it's more beautiful, they say. Um, it has something, oh, uh, well, magnetic will, will do, I think, in a way it's beyond, it's a bit beyond almost description. But I stood on the other side of the river and I thought, if I go over to that, to that other place on the other bank, I'm forever going to be changed. I sort of knew it, you know. I, I thought I'm going to lose the freedom. I will no longer be the free person that can just go, just take the trips as they come, as long as they're different. And I thought, do I do it, you know? And I, I crossed this clanking iron bridge, which had been designed by Eiffel, who'd done the Eiffel Tower. And I, uh, I meet immediately at the other end of the bridge, Josette Torres. And this um, man called Louise, who was known as the Wolf, who owned a bar eventually um, opposite the cathedral, known as the Arc Bar. Anyway, meeting Jose was meeting someone that um, I can only say he was familiar in every single part of me. You know, I just thought I just went on a soul journey backwards. So I thought I know him, and that that was the beginning of the love affair with the man and with the city. And slowly but surely you, you realize there are some special uh, elements in that city as well. Well, first of all, I was, uh, um, I, I was mesmerized. I was, kind of, I was absolutely made more of myself. I was sort of... Um, Oh, I was made who I was meant to be, I think. That's that's the best I can say. And then when I I left it, <laughs> I remember the writer, Josep Pla, who was the main writer in Catalonia. He was the main writer. He was wonderful. He, he said, why are you going? I said, I, I'm going south. And he said, but you've just left paradise. And that was so true. And I think that the place had all these... Um, I'll use the word resonance again because I think it had all the resonances of the of all the different periods of the past. I mean, it goes back, known to go back four thousand years. The walls, uh, sort of, you know, they uh, they they're standing there. They um, parts of them are four thousand years old. They've got a clumps of stone and they're covered in weed. And at that time, it was very. Um, medieval, it was Roman, it was pre-Roman, um, and there were all these different uh, atmospheres which are very powerful, plus the, the, the smell of the place was so much stronger than it is today or, or anywhere else I've known. It was the, that oh, burning, that cooking olive oil, it was the perfume the women had, it was a tonic uh, water that the guys put in their hair. It had a, it was a very scented, um, powerfully smelling place, which is very evocative. So, and wood smoke. I mean, the wood smoke was amazing. Um, so there was that plus all the 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 absolute feast of uh, visual um, uh, alleyways, courtyards, endless uh, stairways that were magnificent, and so you became lost in this um, huge, uh, magnificent period in, in history. Um, so, Patrice, we're, we're having to go to our, our first break here, and uh, when we return, we'll talk about the secret.
Secrets of the City of Secrets. Okay. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it it's rattle me. It's pretty scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always me. wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. And today my guest is Patrice Chaplin 
who has recently published a book, City of Secrets, talking about the city of Girona in Spain. So, Patrice, what actually are the secrets of Girona? Well, partly the, the, what it seemed to be were, um, was the Jewish uh, time. When the, when the Jews lived in Girona, in, it was known as the Golden Age. That was from about the 11th century to the expulsion in 1492. That seemed to be what it was. Um, and there were things, uh, also secrets, about, um, with Charlemagne when he, he took over came into Girona and the Moors fled. There were certain stories about magic being used and other dimensions, other realms coming into it again. That was also mentioned. But the actual um, secrets, well, the, the main secret, and one I think that the society who held the secret would, would call it a secret, although they, don't, they call themselves a a private society, they're not a hidden society. They they prefer the word private. It's a um, it's a group of invited members who, a bit like the Masons, I believe, and they go back um, way be, before the Jews ever came to Girona. They go back. Apparently, the 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 whole idea of it goes back to. Um, well, they said before pre-known time. I mean, going back before the fall. I mean, that, that's what is expressed in the material that they carry. Perhaps it's more the material they carry than actually the formation of the people. But it's usually eight, and they are invited to carry on through their lives as uh, custodians of the secret. Now, the secrets are to do with the other realm which leads to other spaces, other entities. And um, it's reachable by a ritual. And the ritual is between two and four hours long. Um, the custodians, the group itself, they don't perform this. These, uh, the actual ritual is performed by initiates who study in a place called Ripoll, which um, there's a seminary there which looks uh, to all intents and purposes like a Catholic um, school, but it is, in fact, where um, these initiates are uh, trained, are taught, are elevated to be able to perform this ritual. And it's certain that Shazat Teres went there for some period of time. Um, and I believe Salvador Dali went there as well, that's what I'm told. Anyway, the society itself, um, their purpose is to hold this material which they deem as dangerous to the everyday person or, or indeed any person. It's something that's supposed to be kept until the world becomes a more optimistic place. And they do talk about the world as going into the etheric, into becoming ether, as opposed to being material, matter, gravity, and so on. Um, there was a lot of talk about this when I when I actually did find out about it, which I didn't must say I didn't initially. Um, the the thing is that they're formed to. Uh, 
secrecy, you know, and they, they, they're not to make use of the material or to make, or to use, use it for any monetary gain or, or power. So it has, these people are chosen and they have to, um, on the whole, have quite a high education. They have to be well, you know, connected in their work, but they have no need or reason to um, use uh, what, what they're actually holding. And the thing about the holding, too, was that they had to always find a safe place to keep this material. It's quite a, it's, it's expansive. Um, and the group was made up, just to say, was made up from of French, um, uh, say, academics or even members of the church. Um, there was Catalans um, and also um, people from northern, the northern part of Europe, like um, Austria, Germany, places like that. I don't think the Habsburgs were involved in it, although I feel they would have wanted to be. Um, they, I believe, were the paymasters of one of the people who sought that society greatly, which was the Abbe uh, Berenger Saunier from Rennes Chateau, which I think we all know about, don't we? Anyway, um, well, we should actually talk about him a little bit because so just hold yeah. there for a second. So uh, you've discovered a, a real wide range of things. So let me just make a, a couple of comments. So yeah. what you're saying then, it seems to me, is that there is some way through this ritual of accessing a gateway or a portal to other realms okay. which potentially... Mm-hmm is dangerous information in the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. And the priest, Saunier, who was uh, engaged to go to Rennes-le-Chateau, which is the piece of information that people tend to know about, that he mm-hmm. was actually part of this in Girona. Yes, he wasn't part of the society. And I think that so, they had very mixed um, mixed views about his appearances in Girona. I mean, he certainly had work to do. I don't think he was looking um, looking at the place and what was in Girona for his own ends. He was working for his mm, paymaster, which some people thought was the Vatican. But in fact, it was, as far as I know and for, as far as the information is shown, to be the Habsburg family, who were the paymasters and, and gave him quite a, quite a large, rather huge amount of money, um, which I think baffled everybody. I mean, people have, um, just to mention, I mean, Hitler went to try and find the portal and to find the activator for the portal, and he sent, I think it was Himmler, wasn't it? And he went to Jerome. I mean, there was all kinds of people went there. Um, to try and um, access the material which the private society held. Um, do you want to say any more about Sonier? Well, you're just, just the fact that in your book, um, this is not just hearsay, you actually have letters that Saunier wrote, and so you've done a lot of research about yes. what Saunier was actually up to and in going to Rennes-le-Chateau. So, so what, was the, what was the main purpose of his involvement in Rennes-le-Chateau? Well, I think he he started off in Narbonne. Um, he went, you know, he was um, very bright. He was the eldest of a number of children, and like a lot um, of eldest sons in those days, he was sent to the church. Um, and he was in Narbonne. He did very well. He was incredibly bright, so learning languages, everything. And he um, ended up quite quickly in a backwater, you know, which was very surprising because everyone would have assumed he'd go on to Carcassonne or Paris or somewhere, and he ended up in this sort of agricultural backwater, which had once been 
a splendid place under the Visigoths than uh, the Romans. And uh, when the chateau, it's a, um, it's a, a fortress a village on top of a very high um, mountain. I mean, it's a small mountain. I, I hesitate to say mountain, but it's a very, you know, it's a huge hill. Anyway, the um, the reason he went there, it always looked as though he'd been dismissed there, but he was very, very busy to, to get into that place. And he sought high and low for various um, uh, what's artifacts or um, scrolls. He, I'm saying he sought them. He was seeking for something, and these are the things he found. Um, he was very quick to go to Paris, uh, everything happened rather quickly with him, it seems. He didn't waste much time. And he had the scrolls, um, they were decoded, and there he met um, quite, a, um, quite a large group of people that he normally would never encounter. He was introduced to them, and they did, um, some of them were doing Kabbalah. They were very much, certainly not to do with the church, they were doing um sort of matters to do with um, magic, uh, Rosicrucians, Kabbalah, um, transformation. And these were people like Debussy, uh, Matalink, um, there, there was a woman, Emma Calvey, who was Maria Callas of her time. She was uh, rumored to have an affair with him. He certainly invited her um, to Girona, and I believe also to Rennes-le-Chateau, but she certainly came to Girona. That's known about. Um, the reason he came to Girona was because the um, scrolls had been left by Abbe Antoine Bigou, who was um, 100 years earlier than Sonia in Rennes-le-Chateau, and he, he, he got away before the French Revolution and went over to Spain, went to Girona initially, and then to um, a nearby uh, village, Besalou. Um, and I, there he apparently stayed for many years, and he died in Spain. Um, he brought over things which had been secreted in the church of Rennes-le-Chateau, because over the years there had been um, sort of traffic between the two, the large... Uh, city of Girona, which is really a, a city of passage. It's not a particularly interesting place for people to actually find anything. I mean, it's got this marvelous um, architecture and atmosphere, but it doesn't have much else. I mean, it's, it would, it's not a, an intellectual place like, say, Barcelona. And the people so, Patrice, I'm, I'm going to have to go to our, our next break, and, and when we return, we'll talk about the significance of the Tour Magdala in Girona and mm -hmm. in Renly Chateau. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. 
Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! try it. Uh, 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 see, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Spiritual Workout with host Stephen Morrison helps you go beyond the books, CDs, and the workshops you've gone to to learn spirituality. Stephen will passionately help you see which of 15 universally spiritual concepts apply to your circumstance and how. Now there's a way to help you live it every single day. Work out every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Spiritual Workout with your host, Stephen Morrison, on 7th Wave Network. A practical path to a happier, more peaceful, and richer life experience. walk our true spiritual path at a time when the western world is fixated on material gain more people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life there is another way four years ago peter tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life he now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges peter offers corporate workshops and seminars public meditations radio interviews healing sessions and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm the awakening to conscious co-creation visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation cds you can also download the meditation cds as mp3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go these are available now at petertongue.com Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong and my special guest today, Patrice Chaplin. Before the break, Patrice, we were just talking about um, Berenger Saunier and, and what he was actually doing in Rennes-le-Chateau. To tell us a little bit about the Tour Magdala that he built, which was a very close replica to the one in Girona, and why that was necessary. Right, yes, Peter. Um, the, the tower in Girona was built in 1851. Um, it was a, a, put onto a house which was an ordinary country house, which was most unlikely to have a tower and it was right in the midst of this rather magnificent medieval um, buildings and structures and just behind the cathedral actually it's where the the priests had been buried where, where the garden was where the tower was it was called the black cemetery 
Anyway, th- to this place, Sonia came. At that time in Renna-Chateau, they didn't have that power. It wasn't there. He came to Girona, and he was speaking the architect. Um, this, now, the, the, it was put up in 1851. He was coming around in 1892. So whether the architect was alive, I don't know. But anyway, he was asking the woman he put into the house to run the house and manage the house, which was a young woman called Maria Tordes. And she had been living, or maybe indeed had been born in Cuyon, which is just near to Rennes-le-Chateau. And she was probably around 17, maybe a bit younger. Anyway, certainly um, he was keen to have her there, and um, he sent her letters. He also made visits. Um, which the parishioners always knew was across the border into Spain. And he came because he wanted to actually replicate the tower in exactly the same energy and certain measurements as the, the, this one in Gironi. He wanted to put it into Renna Chateau. So, in fact, it was built in 1903, 1903 in Renna Chateau, and it faced directly on uh, the um, north um, northeast um, uh, line with the center point. Now, it was called the Golden Mean in science, scientific terms, and the center point was the most important. That was the point that had to be activated by the two towers. And the center point is the peak of Mount Kanigu, the Catalan Sacred Mountain. So indeed, that was what he was coming to do. He also wanted to know what was, like a lot of people have since, what was the point of the center uh, peak of Mount Kanigu? What actually happened there? Was it just the Sacred Mountain? Well, no. What was discovered was that it was indeed a portal which was, um, how do I describe that, which would say uh, in the the skin or the fabric of uh, our atmosphere, it was where there is a a thinning of that, where there is an exit and an entrance. So it's really like a doorway, but it's not visible to the other person. So the two towers then had to be, the the second tower at Rennes-le-Chateau had to be built uh, for some... Um, geometric configuration with Girona and Rinla Chateau with Mancanigu right in the center to in some way activate the portal. Is that about yes. right? Yes, exactly. So, and it has the so same line about, going up to the Peace in Paris. Mm. Tell us about the experience that uh, Salvador Dali had and why he was on Perpignan Station and what actually happened to him um, right. Many people came. Yeah, many people story. came to Girona to the house. It's called the house of the French woman, and the Sonia certainly involved, invited some, and others just came. When I was there, Jean Cocteau was a not infrequent visitor. He was very curious about the house and wanted to get inside. He couldn't at that time, but he certainly wanted to get inside the tower, which was still there then. And the other person was Salvador Dali. And he used to, um, because he didn't trust the uh, Spanish post at that time, I'm talking about in the 60s, I was actually staying in his house in Port Legat at the time. He used to go to uh, Perpignan Station to um, send his artworks. That was Perpignan was over in France. And Canigou is just above the station. And 
uh, one day Dolly went there, I think it was in uh, the autumn of either 64 or 65, and he came back very shaken. He came back to his home in Cadiz, very shaken, and he said that um, he'd experienced something which meant that Perpignan Station was the center of the universe, but nobody knew it. And what he'd had gone through, in fact, was, well, he'd actually gone through the portal. Uh, now, Kanigu sort of leans across, so that it's, it leans over Perpignong Station. It would seem almost like a neighbor. In fact, it's much further away, but it seems very present. And I, I think the portal at that time, as I understand it, was open. It seems like it has times when it's open, times when it's closed. Anyway, he had the most, um, he, tr he tumbled through different times and different past lives and different um, physical experiences to such a degree, he never really got over it. He did a, um, an amazing painting of the experience, which he calls Pepinon Station, and it's got in front of it a, a Celtic cross. I don't know if you've seen it, but it shows a man tumbling through towards us, and behind comes a train. It's um, and people are on both sides along the platform, sort of unaware of this predicament. Quite amazing picture, and he. No, I, have, um, I have seen it, and and when you know about uh, portals and travelling through portals. Uh, and you look at the picture, one, you, you can, it's obvious what it is, actually, um, yes. as he's obviously mm -hmm. having that experience. So, so that experience, him, it sounds like it took him through uh, some time gates as well because he, he experienced past lives when he went through? Yes, he certainly did. That's what he talked about. He was an initiate. He was a member of the private society in Girona. He did have access to the ritual material. He certainly... Um, was present at some of the rituals. Um, what he, he became involved in was, uh, well, very attracted to, is a place just north of Perpignan Station called Perilous. And he found that um, the most powerful, haunting place of his life. And he said it belonged to the devil, that the devil lives there and God had been buried there. So that was quite a, a big thing for one small hamlet. In fact... Uh, Peter, the people in the, the hamlet had all walked out of there um, one night in the in the last century, or even the century before 1800s, because they were all having the same dream, and it was not pleasant. And they could not, so without sleep, they couldn't go on. They left and they walked across to a place called Opul, where they then lived. So perilous now is is derelict. The only thing. Um, interesting, I really should say about it, was that the royal astrologer, uh, Cassini, um, who was an Italian who worked for the um, French um, king in the 1600s, I'm not quite sure of the date there, but he, he had a marvelous life in France, but suddenly he went to Perilous, and he was missing for two and a half years. No one knew what he was doing. Um, it would seem... A lot of people have said that he had something to do with the planning of the two towers. Maybe there were two towers prior to the two I've just mentioned. I don't know. So this perilous, in some ways, was it was a the dark side reflection of the portal at Canigou, It seems. 
happened. It, it certainly upset him. It's upset Dolly because, I mean, he went to bed with a depression for quite a long time. He said the postcode was 666 at Perilous, even that belonged to the devil. And I think um, it also it's on one of the sites. You see the initiate. Um, have we got time to talk about the walk? The initiate. Yep, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. The initiates, um, before they become um, involved in the society, even on the periphery of actually doing the ritual, you know, not even the holders of the material, but the ones who, are, you know, actually do perform the ritual and open up the other realms, um, they, they first have to do the initiate journey, which is 11 sites in Catalonia, um, which includes the French part, and on the Venus Magic Square um, under the constellation of the Great Bear and the Seven Stars. And there are 11 sites there, and they're all numbered, um, and Perilous is one of them. It's the furthest north. Um, and I, I believe Salvador Dali did, the, um, did this initiate um, walk. Um, it takes about between two and three weeks or even longer. People have been doing it since about 1740 and even before. But the material I saw was from 1740. That was the earliest I was shown. And the, the poet, the Catalan poet, Jacinto Verdegue, he did it. He did the most amazing um, initiate journey. Um, it is very powerful. It is. It it ends. It prepares you to go into other times, other other places. Um, it's not without danger. Um, it's certainly challenging. Um, and I believe after you've done that journey, and whether you go through the portal or not, that you are, you know, considerably evolved and able to maybe handle some of this new material which is coming to us at this time. So Patrice, we have to go to our last break now and uh, when we come back I'm going to ask you about your own portal experiences. This is Peter Tung with Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. 
the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because, after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tan. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. And I'm having a fascinating discussion today with Patrice Chaplin. Patrice, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about your own portal experiences. Right, Peter. Yes, I, when I wrote the book City of Secrets, which um, describes the, uh, the the port, the peak of Kanigu and the discovery of what all this was about between the two towers, I was invited by members of the society to actually do the journey myself to do the uh, um, well initiate journey between the 11 sites. Um, I found it very difficult. Uh, Each site has a different um, uh, sort of intention. There's purification, um, acceptance, freedom, rebirth. So each one has this this, um, experience where you have to shed, really. You're shedding a lot of material. You're bringing in new stuff. You have to be physically you know, very fit um, and and free and light. I mean, that that's the intention. So you get rid of a lot of stuff. You take it on. You're in best possible form. Now, I did, I did take a bit longer than probably a lot of people would because I... I had arthritic knees, but anyway, by the time I got to Mount Kanigu, um, I was with my my guide. I, I was with the guide who had taken me on the journey. It's a woman. Um, she's a high initiate, and she was quite stern. She, you, you had to you had to really go on and do it. 
and the challenges going up the mountain, I think I was taken to the edge of what I could um, accept and tolerate. But I did it, and from it came this freedom. And what I did then was have a choice. Um, did I go up the last part of the mountain, the summit? I mean, this took uh, some time to go up the mountain, took a couple of days. Um, okay, to go up the last bit, right, do you, do you want to do it? Do you want to go through the portal or do you want to just simply do the meditation? Anyway, I did accept to go through, uh, well, to go through to approach the portal. And the portal, to even accept you, has to, you have to have a resonance. So really, these um, sites, 11 sites prepare you for this experience. What I did when I got up there was I was, I thought she'd be with me. Well, she, she wasn't. She left me. She said, you will be taken through. You will be given a guide. This will happen. Close your eyes. Be ready to go. And you don't even think about control. The control is gone. All the old, you know, patterns that you'd hang on to, forget them, just go. It was like when it happened, I recognized the guide immediately. He'd been passed over in spirit for quite a while. And I thought, what an extraordinary thing. He's a French historian, Richard Cobb, a historian of uh, um, the French uh, Revolution, a marvelous man. I, I greatly admired him and knew him for years. Anyway, he, he was there, he, and he was talking, and I could hear his voice. And what happened was it was like going on a fairground ride. I just went in, at circling out of control, indeed, as I've been told, and into suddenly stopped into the past, which was more vivid than anything in the present time. Again, I was moved off. It wasn't like I had a choice. I couldn't do anything about the places and the sites where I was stopped, except to marvel at them, that they were so vivid and I was seeing so much that I hadn't seen in a, or by memory. If I was memorizing, I could never get any of this stuff. I was visiting this material and then back further back into but but when I said going back you're actually facing forward and you're going forward in she says to the true north that's what the initiate said you're going to the north you're going into the past past lives there I saw the most amazing um, uh, life which I then wrote about in, in this the latest book I've done, which is called The Portal, which follows on from City of Secrets, which involves some of the people who are in this story, which um, I won't go into now. But the one thing I understood was when I came back, I mean, you, you don't go in bodily. You, your your um, higher consciousness goes in. You know, your super consciousness goes in. Your, your physical body stays behind. I'm told if you don't get back in there quick, you won't be able to get back in there. You're going to, in other words, be passed over yourself. So you've got to, got to know when to come back. That's very important. I did feel at the at the limits of my going into this other other life that I was sort of changing, and I thought this is not what I want. I want to I want to come back. I want. To, I've seen this. It's fine. Um, beyond that, I could see other. Um, what I could say, other other. At the beginning of other ex existences, you know, they, they were there, there, the light was there. It was quite magnificent, very attractive, very good to go to. Didn't want to do it, so I come back. Um, 
when I did come back, I, by talking to the initiate, okay, you, everything's fast, came back very, very fast. Um, I talked to the initiate, told, explained what I had uh, related, what I experienced, and it was very similar to what other people had um, indeed experienced. So it was transferable by word to to the initiate. She understood it. Uh, so my experiences of the actual places, the sites are different for me than others. Each one has their own personal past life after all. Um, what I think of the thing about a portal, what I did see was that when I went into the past, you can't change it. All you can do is revisit it. You can be in in that life, but you can't do anything about it. You're just moved from place to place to place. You can see it. You say, yes, that's what happened. And then you're out of wow. it. So, Patrice, we're actually at the end of the show. <laughs> Time is oh, time. <laughs> so before we finish, just give us uh, the website, because you've got your current book, uh, City of Secrets, there, and you've got a new book, The Portal, which is going to be coming out. And you're also yeah. planning a sacred site uh, this 11-site journey sometime in the spring. So so give us your website. Um, it's patricechaplin.com. Well, that's fairly straightforward. It's your name, Patrice Chaplin, which is on the uh, yeah. North America show. Um, people or can it's see better, that, better so Peter, to go to Quest, you know, Quest Books. Um, Quest they have, books, I think, yeah. a more extensive one. Okay, excellent. Well, Patrice, this has been an absolutely delightful time with you, and I really appreciate you uh, telling us the story. The book City of Secrets is well worth reading, and I'm looking forward to the next one, The Portal. Thank you so much, Patrice. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So next week, my guest is Meg blackburn Losey, who has written the book The Children of Now and Parenting the Children of Now, and we will be discussing uh, the children who are in the world today who have these very special gifts and sensitivities and how we can best parent them. It's been an absolutely uh, delightful time spent with you. I hope you enjoyed the show. Patrice has much more to reveal in uh, her book that you can certainly buy from her website. And also we can look forward to uh, looking in through the portal of Mount Kanigu from Patrice's point of view. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. It's been an absolute delight for me, and I hope you have a wonderful week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Wishing you a wonderful week. this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.